Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, welcome to this week's edition of the Best of the Breakfast Show podcast with Sky from Virgin Radio. It's Gabby Roslin here, sitting in for Chris this week with Ricky Wilson and Sam Pinkham. Coming up, the BAFTA award-winning and always hilarious Harry Enfield takes us through the stage adaptation of Channel 4's hit sitcom The Windsor's Endgame. The pop-tastic Louise Redknapp spills the beans on reprising her role as Violet in the UK tour of 9 to 5 The Musical. And the dead funny duo of Charlotte Ritchie and Kyle Smith-Bino delve into the much-anticipated third series of the supernatural comedy Ghosts. Dapper Dave, over to you. Who's first up, please? He's created more iconic comedy characters than you've had hot dinners and the brilliance just keeps on coming. The Windsor's Endgame is at the Prince of Wales Theatre in London and here to tell us more is a very bonny Prince Charlie indeed. It's the one and only Harry Enfield! Oh, hey! <laughs> Harry, hello! Hello. Hello, Gabby, my co-star oh, many years ago. Many years ago and neither of us can quite remember what happened when they just played it. I, I was hiding no. under the desk because I couldn't really remember it. I just No, I did couldn't it. really remember it. Either. Oh. But that's because that's I've drunk so much since then. <laughs> you and me. <laughs> Harry, yes, you're on stage. You're Prince Charles. We saw you on I television I'm doing the, it. I'm in the theatre, darling. Yes, yeah, so I'd never Prince done goes... the theatre till five years ago. And now I'm in musical theatre, darling. I sing, darling. So I have to call everyone darling, darling. Uh, sorry, and, Harry, um, stop now. You called everybody darling before. What are you trying? What are you talking about? You always called everybody darling. You've always been oh, maybe a lovely. I did. Yeah, yeah did. maybe yeah, I have. Did. I always thought I used rude words that I can't use on the radio. No, you can't people. use those ones. No, you really can't. <laughs> Please don't, Harry. But now I call them darling. But you're Prince now, Charles. Yes, I'm very much enjoying myself. Thank you. I have sword fights and everything. Can you do and, Prince uh, Charles now? So can we say good morning to you, Charles? What's it like being on stage? Go on. So, don't call me Charles. Okay. I think you call me sir. Yes, good, good morning, sir. Um, yes, Prince Charles, what's it like being on stage in the Windsor's Endgame, please, sir? Well, well, it's absolutely wonderful because we take Britain back to the Dark Ages where there's no... Uh, and no roads or no infrastructure and no pesticides. And we make the world a better place by torturing Megan on a rack, <laughs> <laughs> amongst other things. You're, it's very naughty. It's very, it's very good. We've got, like, you sound we've got live SEX. Am I allowed to say SEX in the morning? Well, yeah. Well, you can spell Yeah, we've got live, yeah. live SEX. Oh, right. <laughs> and we've got torture... <laughs> Oh. songs and millions of jokes. And how is it um, different to you, for Harry, for being on TV? Because obviously you're playing to a live audience you're, you're, and you're, seeing, you're, you're getting the reactions well, immediately to your gags. Yeah, well, that's what I used to do yeah, in the old well, days. Yeah, you stand up. And things, oh, and, of course, yeah. Of course. You know, it's fun. Yeah, but it's much more fun doing this because I've got lots of other people to take the pressure off me. And they're all really funny. Tracy Ann Oberman is my Camilla, the evil, evil queen Camilla. And... Uh, 
you know, there's just like just just a brilliant cast. I won't go through them all, but they're all absolutely fantastic, and they're all sort of proper West End actors, except for me and Tim, and uh, Tim Waller who plays Prince Andrew, and uh, Matthew Cottle who plays Edward. We're the only ones from the telly series, but everyone else is is brilliant and have sort of recreated the characters for the for the. Uh, for the stage. How, and how, it, does it, it, how does it work with the royal family? Do you just have carte blanche to do whatever you like with the, with the royals, or do they have to sign off every gag? No, they don't sign off anything. No. Yes, I think I that's amazing. No, no, no. That's amazing. Yeah, and the only thing is that there's a song at the end that we all sing, and we all had a bit of a rebellion because there was a song about, um, we always do our duty and never ever take a bus, right? <laughs> and... We all had a thing of saying, oh, come on, it's the last song. Can we change that to never, ever make a fuss? Because that's actually the case of the royal family. You can say what you like about them and they never, ever make a fuss. You know, they just get on with it, don't they? Fair play, fair play. Yeah. Uh, Harry, can we go back to some of your characters? Because, of course, we were talking about um, Kev- Kevin and Perry and then loads of money. I mean, it's they've gone down in history and people still today <laughs> use their catchphrases. I mean, kids today still know about Kevin and Perry. Is it wonderful to have created these characters that people are still talking about? Yes, it's sort of slightly odd. When my kids were at school, you know, they're too old now, but when they were, there was some, sort of some time when they were 13 when, you know, the English teacher or in, in assembly, I think it was in assembly and they got shown Kevin and Perry, you know, Kevin becoming a teenager and obviously that was oh, excruciating that, Oh, it's them. just brilliant, though. Oh, brilliant. If people yeah. haven't seen it, go and watch it on YouTube my because kids, it's brilliant. My eldest has seen that, that scene. She loved it. Just oh, well, brilliant. Good. It's timeless, isn't it? Thank you. Thank you, Sam. Well, I hope so, anyway. But um, I'm not timeless. <laughs> I couldn't play him anymore, but I can play... 74-year-old Prince Charles. No, but I <laughs> but not 14-year-old Kevin. The la- I saw you, we bumped into each other at yeah. Regent's Park Boating Pond and yeah. you were about to go um, row... You were rowing your kids out into the middle of uh, Regent's Park Pond Lake. Yeah. Boating Lake. So you're not... I'm a slave. I'm a slave. <laughs> the other characters as well, loads of money, and all of those, and yeah. uh, and Tim. I mean, they're just characters that still stand up today. And the, the far show, all the things that you did, I mean, those characters are just brilliant, Harry. Well, thank you very much, Gabby. Well, yeah, I'm still like Paul. What's weird is Paul always used to go... Um, Paul Whitehouse, I'd never go to... I never go to the theatre. I don't like the theatre... Theatre should be no longer than a football match, but I don't like it. It's changed. He's changed. And now changed. he's been in Only Fools and he's Horses. He's changed. And I'm in this. But one of our things about this was to make sure it was only 90 minutes. You know, the same length as a football match. And it's running in at 129. So a football match without extra time. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, with masses of laughs and, you know, no extra time. And then Paul afterwards he goes, how was the show tonight, darling? And then I text him back, it was wonderful, darling, and get flowers from him and things like that. We've completely changed. We've you come... really have changed. <laughs> yeah, you weren't like that thing. back in the 90s at <laughs> all. No, it's awful. <laughs> I know. Oh, well, oh, mate, it looks, it, looks, it looks fabulous. We can't wait to come well, and watch it. Please come and see it. We'd love to. Please do it. It's a, it's a really good laugh. Very quick. 
The Windsor's is one, one, one hour 29. The Windsor's Endgame, the Prince of Wales Theatre, until Saturday, the 9th of October. It's a long run. Uh, tickets and info available at thewindsorsendgame.com. Harry, what an absolute pleasure. Thanks for coming on the show. Thanks, Thank Harry. You so Good to speak to you. Thanks, Gabby. Right. I'll Have see fun. you soon, Gabby. Bye. Bye. Bye, darling. Bye, darling. The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky. Virgin Radio. From the top of the charts to treading the boards across the UK, our next guest can do it all. She's back as Violet in the touring production of 9 to 5 The Musical. And here to tell us more is someone that gets paid to sing and dance to, to-, to Dolly Parton songs. What a way to make a living. It's the one and only oh. Louise Redknapp. Hello. <laughs> <Hey>. <laughs> Lovely Louise, one of the nicest, sweetest people in this business. How are you? Oh, bless you. How are you? <laughs> yeah, we're really well, thank you. But listen, is this right that you're physically in rehearsals now? I am. I am in rehearsals, sat in a little office to the side of the stage part where we're rehearsing. Um, yeah, talking to you guys. <laughs> OK, so how are rehearsals going so far for 9 to 5, the musical, on tour? You know, yeah, it's just nice to be back. I mean, I came in yesterday afternoon, which was my first day back in. Um, and you just forget what a piano sounds like and a group of people singing together and sort of that energy in a room. So, um, yeah, we're all loving it. I don't know if we're all remembering it, but we're loving it. Yeah, but you've done it before. So is it, not, yeah. is it not like riding a bicycle? Do you know, for me, I, I'm really lucky. That's why this is such a lovely show for me to come back and do. Like you said, I've done it for, what, eight, ten months um, and then a big gap in between. So um, I've got a lot of new cast members, which is nice. So it freshens up the show and, you know, shows a little bit of a different light and shade to it. But, yeah, for me, I'm hoping most of it's going to come back. But you know what it's like sometimes? Like, it's so easy to just, just forget stupid little things. So, um. But over the next couple of weeks, I'm um, I'm hoping it's all going to come back and just loving being here, really. OK, so we're talking rehearsals here. Can you just... Now, Ricky says this is... These are the words of the song. Ricky? I didn't know I got it wrong. I know that now. <laughs> I just can't think of what it is to be Go right. Say, say your version. We tumble out, uh, tumble out of bed, have a fumble in the kitchen. It's not that, is it? <laughs> it's not a fumble in the kitchen. Okay. Not that I know of, anyway. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe sometimes it is, but not uh, on a, a daily basis on this show. <laughs> Um, so being in a musical, I've, I've, I'm toying with the idea. I was toying with it yeah. yesterday because li- I'd like that that stability. Does it f- feel like stable going to work every day, knowing your job? Do you do you love that knowing what you've got to do? You do? know what, Ricky, you'll know this. It's it is such a different kind of mentality to when you're on tour or you're making an album where you're very much your own person yeah when you go into a west end show or a, a touring show you become part of such a massive team and even though when you're on tour doing music you are but you kind of you you've got your own schedule um so yeah i think what's nice about it is just i love music i love performing it doesn't really matter what type of music i'm doing so i love the fact that i get to do both and being on in a show, it becomes quite nice because you know what to expect every day. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong, I love then changing it up and releasing an album and going to do something like that. But it's that, normal. it becomes normal every day. You go in, you do your job, you know what you're singing, you know kind of the reactions you're going to get. Um, and that part is nice, especially after being at home for two years. <laughs> but you're still doing Louise the singer, though, as well, away from this, aren't you? Because you just released some tracks. Yeah, I had a new album a couple of years ago called Heavy Love, which sort of, I mean, it feels, doesn't feel like a couple of years ago now, but obviously with all what's gone on. And I'm currently, um, yeah, just making a new album now. It's just nice. 
I've got to that stage in my music career where I love doing it because I love doing it. And, you know, luckily the, the last album did pretty good. So um, I've got the chance to do another one, working with some great writers, singers. And it's just nice to get back in the studio and write. It's sort of one of my favourite things to do. I've just, so I've just, right, OK, I'm, I've got a piece of paper here. I've just seen you're going everywhere with your tour, going back to 95 now. You're going yes, everywhere. Yes, I know. Yeah, it's a pretty. Um, yeah, I, it's nice. I mean, it's a huge tour. It's, yeah. Oh, it's wow. Pretty... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, I just saw it too. Did, I mean, that, my word, Louise. I know. Do you know what though? It's actually quite good for me because a lot of the places I can drive home in the night, which is most probably going to be shattering. So I'm still going to have to do the school run in the morning, but. Um, it's I'm sort of away for a couple of weeks and I'm home for a couple of weeks. So um, it's quite, you know, it's quite nicely laid out for me, which works. And, you know, as I know for a lot of people, they, they love just being in the West End. But for me, being on tour oh, it's is, great. is so important as well yeah. in my other job, which is music and albums, because that's where you equally want to take those shows. So it's it's great for me on, you know, lots of levels. It's just so lovely to get around, especially because we've been in lockdown. You're going to Glasgow, yeah. you're going to Edinburgh. Yeah, you can't drive home and do the school run that day. No, those ones, and Sunderland, no, those ones I'm going to stay up there. I mean, I love going to Edinburgh, actually. You know, there's always, in Glasgow, there's always cities that you look forward mm. to going to. And when you're on tour, you know where all the best brunch places are for, like, poached egg on toast. Yeah, <laughs> I, I'm not I'm not going to name any cities by name, but there are some times when they say, oh, do you want a hotel? And I'm like, yes, I do. And other places yeah. they go, do you want to go home? Yes, I do. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> there's plenty of that. <laughs> yeah. Aww. I'm a real home girl. If I can get home, I will. Even if I get home like one o'clock in the morning, mm -hmm. I can have a little bit of Netflix in my own bed, bowl mm -hmm. of cereal, get up in the morning. You just feel that you've kind of regrounded yourself and then gone again. It's just nice to get away. I will never ever moan about the job I had ever again after lockdown. I just <laughs> think, um, I know, I just feel that we're all so lucky when we do get to travel and do amazing things that I don't really ever want to moan about it. Louise, did you just say you have your cereal and then you go to bed? Yeah, I do. I like so a bowl start, of cereal so when I come off stage. Yeah. You have a bowl don't of cereal get, when you come you off stage. Yeah, you get in from yeah, a night yeah. out and have a bowl of cereal. Yeah, because oh, yeah, I, I it saves time in the morning. You so you don't have, have your cereal in the morning? No, no you go straight into no. lunch. Oh, you yeah, go straight just... to lunch? Um, so, yeah, it's, it <laughs> is nice, though, when you wake up and you know how... You, it's your own shower and you don't have to work it out. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I'm in a hotel yeah. at the moment, and every day I'm a bit like, well, I still haven't worked it out. There's a knack to it. Yeah, and I and know... You've only got a choice of so many outfits, you know, clothes, where when you're indoors... Tell me you about can, it, Louise. You can decide what you want <laughs> to wear. I know. <laughs> oh, listen, good luck with the tour. Break a leg. You're just, As I said, you're one of the loveliest people on the planet. Oh. You're the sweetest person. Have a great time and uh, wish uh, wish your whole tour, the whole team, because it's everybody, because there's a huge yes. amount of you that are going they out are on incredible. tour. Yeah, well. I will do. The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky. Virgin Radio. For their latest show, our next guests get haunted in a house, a very big house in the country. Their new series of ghosts starts on BBC One tonight at 8.30 and here to tell us more are a pair that are most definitely too ghoul for school. It's the dead good. Charlotte Ritchie and Kyle Smith Bino! Yes! Yes, welcome both of you. You have no idea how overexcited I am. Oh, Dapper Dave, thank you for that. Yeah, that was great. No, I really am. Your show is proper family television 
we all sit down as a family we've now watched season one and two three times and i've had the secret link so welcome both of you the secret link the secret Can link to watch that? tonight's show I'd love that. yeah i need to see it I need to so, see the show before it comes out oh it's so good all right so for people who haven't seen ghosts <coughs> kyle come on yeah mm. if, ricky I, I, I haven't seen yeah. it as yet sorry what well, I know, I, know, yeah. I, know. It's ridiculous, I actually don't isn't know it? if I want to carry on with this interview. Um, you can face it. No, 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 but this is, is let's let's turn it let's turn the negatives into let's positive. Let's turn this round okay. on us. Right, sell it to me. <laughs> okay. Go on, Kyle. Okay. <laughs> uh, it's a show about a young couple who inherits a old house mm-hmm. and it's got its issues and one of the biggest issues <laughs> is that there are ghosts inhabiting it. Okay. Um, because of the accident that my wife, Alison, played by Charlotte Ritchie, has, she can then see and hear the ghost, but I cannot because I have not had said accident. Okay. That's so good and succinct. Yeah. And they're ghosts from all different eras through history. So we have a caveman, we have somebody from the 1980s, and everything in between. Do you have, some, do you have one with something stuck in their head? We have someone with like an arrow through yeah, his yeah, neck, yeah, yeah, if yeah. that's what you mean. I, yeah. I've seen a clip of that. Yeah. Have you, you go? got somebody without a head? Right. Yeah, headless, headless. The heads mm-hmm. everywhere. Okay, I, I'm going to watch this now. Oh, it is. <laughs> I'm involved. Is <laughs> it scary? Sold in the head. Is yeah. it, is it, it's not scary, is it? It's no, not. There's some sp- little spooky bits. Yeah. Um, but there's like, quite a scary plague girl that comes in in the first series. I could, like, watch it with my niece and nephew. Yes, yeah, so very yeah. much so. Okay. Yeah. That's what we've loved about it, actually. It's, it's sort of, so many people have told us that that's the one show they feel they can watch with their family and all enjoy. That's um, good. We need a bit more of that. Not the one show. One of them. Yeah, no, I don't mean the one. Sorry, no, it's not selling the one another show. show. Yeah, no, show. no, it's ghosts that we're <laughs> talking in, about. It's one of the shows that you can watch okay. with your family. But not... so here's the thing: you can see Charlotte, obviously the <laughs> character can see the ghost, but you can't see the ghost. So when you're filming it, how on earth? Which is the thing my 14 year old daughter wanted to know last night: how do you not laugh, Kyle? I do. Yeah, I you do, have I to all, pretend they're not there. Yeah. It's a really hard job. It is. I think you actually have the hardest job. Yes. I do. Have we got that? Is that recorded? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, Make that your ringtone. Yeah. <laughs> um, it is very difficult. And uh, in between series, like going back to series, that's when the first few days is always a bit tricky, when I forget that you can't, I can't respond to them. And you can't look at them or anything. Yeah. But they also can't react to you. I mean, because they're the team behind Horrible Histories, and I have a huge Horrible Histories fan. I'm happy to admit it. still love Horrible Histories. I know they're, they're recording a new series of that as well, but they are so funny. It's the whole team that write it, isn't it? Yeah, well, they, the, the, the group, the sort of core ghosts, they call them... Their, their company's idiots assembled and the f- six of them originally were the writers on Horrible Histories. They're not anymore. Yeah. And they went off and did their, their thing. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, so they're, they're the core six ghosts and then you have Katie Wicks and Lottie, Lolly Adafope, who's extra two ghosts in that and they kind of form an ensemble. Yeah. Kyle, am I right in thinking you want to... You want to write more because you want to get in the team, don't you? The the writing team. Get me a writing job on there. That's what yeah. you really want. No, I'd love to. I think you should start throwing your weight around more. You know, like when on Friends they they start directing them. Right, the yeah, later yeah. Years. I think you could get in by okay. say insisting you direct yeah. one. We could start writing that into contracts and things. Should we do that? Yeah, mm. I will as well. I can't write, but I'll just get in there. Yeah, come on. Yeah, but yeah. that's what you want to do, don't you? You want to do comedy. I do, yeah, I that's do. Your wanna, thing. I do want to write uh, more. So I'm working on that at the moment. I'm meant to be writing... Uh, I'm meant to have... A, I've got a deadline for today. I haven't done it. What do you mean? I haven't done anything. What are you meant to be writing? I'm, meant to, I'm working on a show and I haven't... Are we allowed to talk about it? No. Okay. How do you write? Do you write Don't on a computer or, or on a pad? On a computer, yeah. Okay. 
I'll write bullet points and then I'll write the thing. And yeah. Charlotte, you yeah. as well. So you've gone, you're on Netflix now with your show, with your other show, because isn't it, it went, it was on Channel 4 and now you're going to Netflix. Oh yeah, do you mean Feel Good? Yes. Yes, yeah, yeah, that was, um, well it was on Channel 4 and then Channel 4 politely declined to do the second series, but luckily Netflix was well up for it. So we did the second series of that and that was out in March, April, April time I think. And everyone, year. I mean it's a, that's a massive show as well. It's it's been I've had lots of people um yeah it seems to have really sort of touched a lot of people connect like lots of people yeah. feel very yeah sort of drawn to it um I'm very proud of it I love it I think it's amazing and it was written by May Martin and Joe Hampson and yeah May's just incredible and has kind of put everything out there and I think people have really responded so yeah oh, it's incredible so the two of you we've just listed some of the biggest shows on television that you're in look that's so lovely they both I, I wish on sometimes on radio you want to be able to snapshot a moment and at that moment the two of you had the best smiles <laughs> this sort of great feeling of happiness and joy that yeah, you're doing really those nice shows it is like, yeah so many people love also, you just feel so proud because we know, obviously, now all the people that make and write the shows, just so proud of them as well. Yeah. Like, I think. Yeah, exactly, yeah. The, yeah, I mean, like, people like Jamie, we've known for a long time and yeah. doing Stathlet's Flats and just seeing how successful it is. And yeah. same with May. And yeah, it's brilliant. When you're doing promo for ghosts, mm. um, how often do you get asked uh, if you've ever seen a ghost? Every single time. <laughs> okay, well, I'll stay away from that question. Then. <laughs> we actually weren't really... Uh, do you know what's weird is that we didn't ask each other ever. I don't right. think no. we ever had that conversation about whether we'd ever... If anyone believed in ghosts, until, like, quite recently. Uh, can we, let's just quickly tell people what they can expect tonight, then, on the new series. We do delve into another history of one of the ghosts that we haven't delved into yet. Yeah. There's a lot more in this series of going very, into the backstories of the ghosts, which is brilliant. It's sad. It's always it's sad. sad. All I mean, the ghost stories, there's real stories of what happened to them are just oh. heartbreaking. So it's got a bit of everything, this show. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you'll laugh, you'll cry. Chills, <laughs> thrills. It's properly sadness. good. It Can is quite sad, and I think the existential thing of you remembering that they are all in purgatory, you forget that every now and again and the show reminds you and you're like, oh yeah, that's yeah, really sad. That's kind of oh, well, I loved yeah. every single too. moment of it and everybody's got to watch it. It's actually a rule they have to watch it tonight because it's that good. It's going to make everybody feel good. You're going to laugh, you're going to... Uh, Hell's Bells, who works on the show, she is obsessed as well with, and she's standing behind the glass and just smiling and nodding. <laughs> Honestly, congratulations. Send my love to everybody involved because I just think it's such a great show. Thank you. Thank it's you. wonderful. Thanks so much. You'll be watching it all day, won't you, Ricky? I'll be watching it all day. It's great to I've run out, I haven't run out of things to enjoy. Oh, oh, it's more. so good. I'm Watch so that all day. The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky. Virgin Radio. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello, it's Gabby Roslin, sitting in for the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky. We've already heard from three magnificent guests, but there's still so much more to come. 
funny man Stephen K. Amos with news of his role in the award-winning play My Night with Reg at the Turbine Theatre. And the stand-up superstar Kerry Godleman tickles our ribs ahead of her rescheduled tour, Bosch. All of that and more still to come. So let's get right back to it. Dapper Dave, please tell me, who's next? If he's standing up and you're sitting down, you are guaranteed to be entertained by our next guest. He's starring in the award-winning comedy My Night with Reg at the Turbine Theatre in London. So, ladies and gentlemen, it's time for our morning with Stephen. It's the brilliant Stephen K. Amos! Hello, lovely. How are you? Well, good morning, my lovely Gabby. How on earth are you? I am most agreeable. Well, I'm very pleased to hear that, (laughs) Stephen K. Amos. Thank you. You are going to... OK, we're going to talk about stand-up. Of course we're going to talk about your stand-up. We have to talk about this play because I love My Night with Reg. I think it's it's a phenomenal play. How exciting that you're doing this. Oh, well, thank you. Uh, Do you know what? I To be honest, I hadn't heard of the play myself, but uh, having got engrossed and embossed right through in it, I, it's, it's a wonderful piece written by Kevin Elliott. It's a six-hander and uh, it's set in 1985 at the height of the AIDS epidemic in the UK. And uh, the action takes place over uh, a few years, but in one scene. It's in uh, someone's flat, a flat of the character called Guy. And I'm so lucky to be uh, able to be working in these difficult times, we must point out, with a fantastic company. It's great fun. And it's an incredible place as well, the Turbine Theatre in uh, in Battersea here in London. Uh, I mean, it's just to be, as you say, to be back out there and doing your thing live. Because for an actor, and for obviously we all know and love you for as being a stand-up comic and and a host as well. But but there you are in front of an audience again. How much are you loving the idea of playing in front of a live audience? Oh, do you know what, Gabby? I've got to say, and hello, Sam, as well. I'm not going to enjoy Stephen. you. Hi, Stephen. Hi, buddy. <laughs> Um, honestly, the first night back uh, on the stage, treading the boards with these fine company, uh, was quite nerve-wracking because we didn't quite know what to expect. I'd experienced it, of course, doing stand-up because a couple of weeks before I was doing a, a venue in Brighton and there were about 1,500 people there and they were so eager, so hungry mm-hmm. for it because what yeah. you forget as a performer is that the audiences have also missed out. And uh, the first night was just, I mean, sounds cliche, but it was electric. The audiences were on the edge of their seat because the play, even though, you know, the subject matter isn't laugh out loud. The play itself is funny. It's a funny play. It's a moving play. It's really about friendships betrayal, love, and the audiences find the laugh. It's wonderful. It's very, it's very clever how you achieve that because obviously It's a Sin was based on the same tragic crisis and, and yet that, that had some... I mean, I mean I, for me, It's a Sin was, was the greatest series I've, I've ever watched yeah. because in, within one episode you could be crying, crying with laughter and then obviously crying uh, through sadness too. It was incredibly powerful, but it's very clever how you do that on, on stage. Do you know, having, I mean, well, I read the play myself and there were bits that I didn't even spot uh, just from reading the play. But when you see it and all these characters come to life because each character is well-rounded and you get to know them within seconds, within minutes of the piece. You understand the friendships, you understand the rivalry. And if you watch it, it sometimes can look like it could be played as a farce. You know, lots of secrets, in and out, exits and all that stuff. However, we play, as I say, really straight. And one minute you hear the audience guffawing and then the next minute you could hear a pin drop because there are some moments that are so touching. Oh, one of my yes. favourite characters in the piece is, a, is one of the central characters, um, Guy, whose flat it is. 
and uh, and he's got this uh, unrequited love for for another character that's never resolved, and he just really feels him played by the amazing Paul Keating, who is just a fun... And then the cast itself, I, I should I should point out, you may recognise a couple of them. Um, one, uh, Jared McCarthy, six years in Hollyoaks. So it's got a good stellar cast. I think, if anything, that's probably the, the upshot of being in a pandemic. A lot of people were available. <laughs> now, Stephen, <laughs> Stephen, can we just clear up something? Is this an urban myth? About Ooh. you being related to a certain pop band. This oh is something goodness. you put out there. Come on, come on, spill. Come on, Stephen. Do you know what? That's a, that's, I, there are two urban myths, three actually that I put out there. One that my cousins were indeed uh, 80s pop sensation five star. That is absolutely I, I did put out there. Now, did you put this myth out yourself then? <laughs> I did, of course, and people believed it. So what, how, why did that come about? Because I remember, I mean, my twin sister and myself were massive fans uh, back in the day because they were billed as, you know, Britain's dancers of the Jackson 5 and all this. And we fell for it hook, like and sinker. And they were due to play at a venue near my house in South London. And me, as a, as a young whippersnapper, thought I'd try and um, uh, impress my friends by telling them that I'd get free tickets to go and watch them because they were my cousins. <laughs> and of course, I was the most popular lad in college. Um, what was the track? I was when I was a little kid, when I told my friends at, at primary school, my mother was Shirley Bassey. I mean, <laughs> oh, yes! I mean, I, there, there's a theme here. There's a theme. I even told my comedy colleagues, get this, most recently, that my aunt is Baroness Amos. I mean... Come on. You are. You, don't be systematic. Systematic. That was a song systematic. I remember. I love that oh my song. God. They had a string of hits. They, they were amazing. They did. And I was very fortunate enough to, to meet virtually all of them uh, during the, the, my, my career because of various TV projects and stuff. And uh, they didn't disappoint. They did not disappoint. <laughs> Stephen, you've got some uh, something to announce about the dates because it's been extended at the, at the turbine. It was due to end on the 21st of August. When's, it, when's, when's the run ending now? That's true, Sam. Uh, basically, uh, the, the run has now been extended, uh, the lovely Turbine Theatre, until September the 11th. Another three more weeks. And if you've not been to the regenerated Badsey area, it's worth just a look. I mean, it's incredible. My sister lives in Badsey Village, just up the road, and I hadn't been there until we started doing rehearsals on along the Thames, and it's just like it's a different world. I've heard, I've heard it's um, mind Yeah, but she's going to be so thrilled. She'll, you can just say to her, well, I chose the show mm. and the theatre because it's just around the corner from you, and she'll believe <laughs> of you. Of course she will. She will believe me, but I've told the castmate that my sister is Rihanna, so I'm not <laughs> sure they'll believe that she lives in Battersea. You're incorrigible, <laughs> sir. Well, the show's called My Night with Reg. It's the Turbine Theatre for three weeks on from August, so in, uh, well into, into September. You can get your tickets at theturbinetheatre.com. Come on, absolute pleasure. Take care of yourself, Stephen. Bye, buddy. Thanks a lot. Have a good weekend. And you. The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky. Virgin Radio. She can make you giggle and make you cry. Whether on stage or on telly, our next guest knows exactly how to play it. She's traversing the UK later this year with her Bosch stand-up tour. So, ladies and gentlemen, Bish Bash Bosch, it's the brilliant Kerry Godleyman. Kerry, you Hello. brilliantly funny woman who also makes us all cry. In the, 
never thought of it like that. Well, you do. You do, because you make us properly, properly laugh. I mean, sort of belly laugh, laugh. And then also in Afterlife, which you have you... Afterlife 3, which we can watch, obviously, uh, Netflix via Skype. Can you please tell us when is that coming out? I think it might be later this year, because we've shot it, and I think Ricky's edited it. I've got a feeling it will be not too long to wait. You are brilliant because you can do the acting thing and you can do the very funny thing. When you do your stand-up, goodness me, Kerry. Oh, <laughs> this is great. This is a great day so far. <laughs> well, you properly, Ricky and I before, we were talking about it, and one of my favourite routines that you do is about names. Oh, naming kids. Oh, my word. Because yeah. your oh, kids have really the best names. really hard to name. Well, it's, you know, you practice, you shout them out in the street and think, do I want to be that person? So your kids are Elsie and Frank. So did you yeah. practice, where did you practice shouting out their names then? Mostly in my own kitchen. But, oh, right. you know, I, it's, I, it's just some names you think, oh, that's quite cool. That's a cool name. I think Elvis was floated at one point. And then my <laughs> husband was like, I'm not going to be that guy. I'm not shouting Elvis at, yeah. at the gate. I can imagine it'd be hard, just... it'd be hard to tell someone off called Elvis. And it's a really tough act to follow, Elvis. It's like, you've really got to bring the swagger if you're going to call your kid Elvis. Yeah, I mean, after Elvis Costello, no. (laughs) I don't know any others. Um, So for the new tour, for Bosch, there you are, you're going back out there, you're seeing audiences again, you're going to be seeing the white of people's eyes. it's exciting. Is it? Is it? I mean, you must have had all this time to work out what you're going to do. Are you just going to talk about the past 18 months or is there a whole other stuff you're going to put out there? It's all a bit of everything. So the the tour was already four shows in when we all locked down. So it's, I'm resuming a tour that was sort of already uh, written and scheduled, but obviously you can't ignore the pandemic altogether. So I've kind of, you know, written some new bits to sort of drop in. And is it all about the lifestyle and the worrying that you do? You read lifestyle books, is this right? There's a bit of that. There's a bit of lifestyle kind of reflection. And there's a, basically the name Bosch was the nickname I picked up on Taskmaster. And I half like it, like nickna- all nicknames. They're sort of affectionate, but a little bit of a dick. So I half like it and I half resent it. So I'm kind of trying to unpack, you know, that your, your personality or your nature. And it's like, I do have this Boshy sort of leaning. Right. But I don't really want to be like that all the time. When I'm sort of, you know, being a mum, you don't want to open Bosch. You don't want to be overbushy, do you? You want to have a bit of a sort no. of nurturing nature. Overbushy. I like it. Like, come on, crack on! I don't want to be like that. Carry, carry. It's exhausting. So when when would you, you underbosh? Wait, could you can you underbosh as on well holiday? as overbosh? Yeah, you can underbosh on holiday. Like you know when you're on holiday and you go, do you know what? I don't have to do anything. <laughs> I like that. That's underboshing. That's underboshing. Extreme opposite. Yeah. Right. When you're like, I think I'll have a little glass of wine with my lunch. That's underboshing. That's, All right. That's under-boshing. Overboshing is when you have four glasses of wine. Yeah, but that be overboshing. <laughs> no, overboshing is when you itinerise your head off and you're like, right, I've got this to do and that to do and that to do and this to do and you're sort of, you know, task-focused like a maniac. That right. Is... Uh, can we just talk about Taskmaster? Yeah. Is it as much fun? I've, every time I watch it, I think, I, I'm not a comedian, but I would love to do it because I just think oh, it looks so like fun. the best fun. It really is the most... Fun. It's ridiculously fun. You can't believe it's sort of called a job because it's not really. And what one of my favourite things was sitting doing the studio stuff because Greg and Alex are so funny. You've got like a front row seat for the best double act on TV. It's just hmm. so much fun. It is amazing how many comedians make 
honestly the best actors. Yeah, I, you know, you can just bring that pathos and you can bring the humour and everything. And you, if you think about all these comedians who then go into acting, mm. I mean, you blow our minds. Because they're so well, competitive. Well, I more actors in the first place. If they're anything like me, I was an actor and I couldn't get any work, so I started doing stand-up. <laughs> <laughs> so it's kind of like they sort of find each other in the end. But when I left drama school, I just wasn't getting enough work. It's so hard to be an actor. So I just started... Charlie Chaplin said, it's easier to make people uh, laugh than cry. Discuss. Oh, I don't know about that. He's a good He's a good example of being able to do both, isn't he? Yeah, he is. Um, no, I don't know. It depends, doesn't it, on the material that you're doing. I mean, I, with the drama stuff, I don't write it, so it's just such a privilege to have mm. to get to come in and do these amazing lines and play these characters, but I haven't created them. With the stand-up, it's, like I said, it's me. I've written it, and it's just me dialed up. Right. So they're slightly different. They're slightly different things. Be weird if I made everyone cry as a stand-up. That's definitely not doing it. <laughs> <laughs> I could. Do you know what? If there's one thing that I'd be terrified to do, it would be to do stand-up. The idea of standing on the stage and then if somebody doesn't laugh, that oh, that makes yeah, it's my awful. stomach. Oh, it's God. awful. And it, the worst thing is sometimes when you are making most people laugh, but you're not making one person laugh, and then you zoom in on them. Oh, <laughs> yeah. like, why aren't Dark. you laughing? And they might have had a bad day, but you're like, what's wrong with you? Oh, it's I... very annoying. Everyone will be laughing. Everyone will be laughing because you're doing this. This tour goes on forever. September to May, you're going... We've broken up. Everywhere. I mean, the nightmare... I mean, because of all the lockdowns and the constant rule changing, so that went in and then it came out and then it went back in and then it came out. So that's why it looks like it stretches out. But actually... The people that have to schedule these shows, I don't envy them because they're looking at all these dates and all these locations and all these other comedians trying to fit it in. It's, it's quite a big deal. So I suppose it's spread out, but it's not like one night after another. No, but you've got a lot in. And can I, I don't know if you know, but you are sold out in a whole number of places. Am I? Yes. Oh, well, that's great. Did oh, you know? That's nice. Oh, that's no, nice. We could tell you. Um, yeah. Do you know what? I could do that Steve Wright in the afternoon thing where he just reads out every date. But I'm just going to say go to <laughs> Kerry com if you want that's tickets. That's the good thing about the internet, isn't it? It consolidates all information into one very handy location. I mean, Kerry, I will, I will read them out if you want. I mean, <laughs> no, it'll don't, take about don't do 20 minutes. Don't do that. It'll, oh, be, okay. it'll be boring. Kerry, have a fantastic tour. What a pleasure to speak to you, my lovely. And to you. Have Thank a you so day. much for joining us. Thank you. Bye. Take care. Bye bye. The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky. Virgin Radio. The big teams are splashing the cash, but will that guarantee success? Our next guest has a better idea than most. The new football season kicks off tomorrow night exclusively on Sky Sports. And here to tell us more is a man with his finger on the pulse of the game and his ear to all the grounds. It's David Jones! David Jones! Morning, David! Morning. I think that's the best introduction I've ever had in my life. Would you like it in MP3 format so you can save it as your ringtone on your phone? <laughs> I think it'd be pretty cool. Oh, I think also cool. this should be sort of my walk-on music on Sky in the future. <laughs> I think that's the way forward. That's a great idea, David. I like that one. Uh, David, can we How just... Are we? Listen, we're really good, but I just have to... I've got a little bone to pick with you because oh. I lose my husband on a Sunday night and a Tuesday night because he plays football, and a Monday night I lose him to you, Monday night football. It's just so... I mean, I have to say, I stand behind the door and I don't let him know that I'm actually watching. <laughs> this is a familiar tale, I'm afraid, Gabby. But it's a um, great yes, show. I, I, I do feel the wrath of, of quite a few people for, for taking people... And I think it's slightly different as well this year because uh, I think there's more excitement probably 
this summer. There has been in the build-up to yeah. this football season. Then there has been for as long as I can remember, really, because we've got the fans back and it feels like we are getting back to some kind of normality. We sort of ploughed through the tough times with football. Everything else stopped, but football found a way to carry on. And I suppose it's a bit like, it's a bit like musicians performing without a crowd, you know? And, and now footballers are going to have their audience back or have the soundtrack to our beautiful game reinstalled and all the, the passion and the, the glory and the pain that comes with it um, will be broadcasting it all to you. It's really interesting because I have this conversation with my husband a lot. We talk about the audience of a football match being like an audience at a musical because I love theatre. I'm passionate about theatre. So for me that theatre was closed during the same time, it was the same for football. And it's about a performance and it's about everybody coming together, singing those songs, being a part of something that is so deeply entrenched in us and that we love so much. And now we can all come together and do it all over again. Of course, it's a huge part of the, the fabric of our life in this country. Yeah, um, it is. In the UK and Ireland, people just live and breathe for football. The communities that, that get together around a, a football club every week and, and you know, suffer. The, the thing I have to ask you, and I knew that we, I was going to be speaking to you, I have to ask you about Harry Kane. Where, is, where will he be? Where is he going to be playing football? Well... Yeah, that's a very good question. And um, I was out last night with, with a, a team from Sky and we, we met the Premier League to talk about the new season. And, and we were sort of discussing um, amongst ourselves what, what Sunday would look like, given, given that um, Spurs are playing Manchester City. And of course, that has been the big link with Harry Kane. And it has been for a period of weeks now. We think that, that Harry right now is at the Spurs training ground or in the vicinity of it, and his new manager, Nuno Espirito Santo, has said that anybody who's trained this week is available to play on Sunday. So it's a very big question as we, we go to Spurs on, on Sunday afternoon. Will Harry be there, for one? Will he be playing um, for Spurs, too? He certainly won't be playing for Manchester City. And I think there are those that feel that maybe once this fixture is out of the way, that storyline might develop a little bit more. Uh, can I ask you about Jack Grealish? Um, do you think he's going to fit into Manchester City? That's a very good question, uh, Gabby. I can clearly see, clearly see you've done your homework on the football. Um, I, I don't know is the honest answer. I mean, generally, Pep Guardiola gets the, the big transfers right. And it's a lot of money for it to be considered a gamble. I, I think there is a certainty that he will go there and perform. The question... For, for us, is really what position that's going to be in. Is he going to play as a winger? Is he going to play as a midfield player? Um, could he play as a, a false forward, if you want to go down that route, Gabby? Um, a false nine. So, you know, I think the one thing about Manchester City is they are the very best when it comes to moving the ball, playing football, carrying it forward quickly, and Jack Grealish is good at all of those things. And women's football, can we just, my, my uh, 14-year-old daughter, she loves playing football. She's uh, in the football team at school um, and she absolutely loves it. And I just feel that people are looking at women's football in a completely different way these days. I think in the past sort of two or three years, people's view on women's football has completely changed. It, it, it's grown massively, Gabby, and I think there is actually room for a ton more growth as well. And I think that's one of the main things we're really excited about, I have to say, at the start of this season, because now we are at Sky, the home of, of uh, the WSL. And I think we feel that given a bit more of a push, given a, a bit more of a stage, we can only see 
um, you know, a huge step forward again for the for the women's game. We've got the Euros here next summer, and I think it would be amazing to have a brilliant WSL season to kick us into that, and and hopefully bring real success um, back to the to the women's team as well. David, I've got one more question for you. I know it sounds like an odd thing for for a forty six year old man to say, but I don't actually support a football team because I grew up in a rugby family. If I was going to support a, a, a club. Right now, going into this new season, which begins tomorrow, who should I support? Chelsea. If you're looking for something a little bit different, yes. then I think Brentford could be the club for you. Brentford. And I'll tell you why. They, they're a very progressive football club, on and off the pitch, I would say. And um, they love to play attractive football. They're not afraid of selling their star players because they're so good at signing new players. And I think it's going to be really interesting watching them this time around. A lot of people always write off the teams that have been promoted. But I think Brentford would be quietly confident that they will have a successful season. By successful, I mean without getting dragged into the relegation picture. So that's, that's a tip for you, Sam. I I'm think in. Brentford could be the one. Buddy, I'm kick in. off at home against Arsenal tomorrow night. Well, my sister, so my sister works with you at Sky Sports, Natalie Pinkham, and she lives in Brentford, so I can stay with her after the games as well. It's, it's all, it's I have heard together. of Natalie. You've heard yeah. of Natalie. Yeah. <laughs> Buddy, what, a, what an absolute pleasure to have you on. Thank the Premier you. League returns to Sky Sports. We have 128 exclusive live uh, games this season, including Brentford versus Arsenal tomorrow, Norwich versus Liverpool, Newcastle versus West Ham, and Tottenham hosting the defending champions, Man City, all happening this weekend. Sky Sports will have over 400 live games across the Premier League, EFL, SPFL, and Women's. Super League. Uh, what an absolute pleasure, David. Thanks for coming on the show. Thanks for being on. Enjoy the Thank season. You. Take you, you almost called me Gary then no, as well. I didn't. No, I didn't. No, I didn't. No. I wouldn't because you're too young, you see. You're too young to be a Gary. Thank you, Gary. Have a great season. Cheers. Cheers, guys. Thanks, guys. Bye-bye. See you, mate. Bye. The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky. Virgin Radio. Thank you so much for listening to the best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show podcast with Sky. You can listen every week from wherever you get your podcasts. That way, you'll never miss the weekly roundup of all the best bits from the show. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.